Hello everybody and welcome to the Australian Seller Podcast. My name is Chris Thomas and I'll be your host and this is the show where we talk about all things Amazon and e-commerce, whether it be private label, wholesale, dropshipping and how you can generate a recurring income either on the side or as a full-time gig. G'day, g'day everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Australian Seller Podcast. And today I welcome Megla back to the show. You might remember her from the India Sourcing trip. Uh, she's the host of the Asian Seller Podcast, and of course, she works at Global Sources as well for the Global Sources Summit there. And recently, in fact, last week, Megla, Mark Jolly, Kevin Oldham had been running a virtual sourcing webinar out of, well, not out of India, but talking to suppliers and manufacturers and factory owners from India about their businesses, the products that they make, and how they're manufactured. So this model of virtual sourcing uh, has now been picked up by some of the big guys like Global Sources, Alibaba, and I believe also the Canton Fair. So it's today we discuss the India sourcing trip, of course, the pandemic's impact on both Singapore and India right now. Um, just a general chit-chat about e-commerce, subscription boxes, and heaps more. In fact, Megala's going to be interviewed today, I believe, on Helium 10's Facebook channel. So Bradley Sutton, of course, is previous guest of the show. He's running a 16-hour live broadcast featuring lots of interviews with e-commerce and Amazon sellers, suppliers, logistics, all of the above. And by the way, if you'd like to save 50% off your first month or 10% off for lifetime access to the tools set at Helium 10, just visit theaustralianseller.com forward slash Helium 10. Now, don't forget to join the Australian Seller family over at Facebook. All you need to do there is go to theaustralianseller.com forward slash Facebook. And I'm still offering one-on-one coaching with recorded Zoom chats, fully customized to you and whatever wherever you're at on your Amazon journey. So just head over to theaustralianseller.com forward slash Chris to book a time that suits you. Anyway, enough from me this week. Let's get on with today's episode with Megla Badwash. And today I am thrilled to be welcoming back to the show my good friend Megla Badwaj from the Global Sources Summit, also the host of the Asian Seller Podcast and also the host of the India Sourcing Trip. So welcome back onto the show, Megla. Hi, Chris. I'm so happy to be back here. That was an interesting <laughs> intro. <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of butchered it a bit. There's a, such a, lot of, a long list of things that you do. You're a very busy, busy person. <laughs> Um, so I wanted to get you on today really just to talk about, uh, obviously, you know, the coronavirus and what's happening in terms of India. I wanted to talk to you about and pick your brains around e-commerce and yeah, like just a general chit chat. So has, sounds has great. Right? Yeah, sounds great. Cool. All right. Well, let's start with the big one. Coronavirus, what's happening? Yeah. So in Singapore, what's happening is that the number of cases overall have been increasing in the last few weeks and uh, there's been a lot of spread in in dormitories, you know, there are a lot of these foreign workers, construction workers specifically, that work in Singapore. They're from countries like Bangladesh and India, and they live in dormitories. And uh, of course, there are, you know, maybe eight to 10 people living in one one room in a dorm. And so it's been spreading like wildfire over there. Every day we have 500 to 800 cases, um, you know, of coronavirus among these workers. But otherwise, it's not really spreading uh, locally, you know, among among the community as such, uh, we've we're under strict lockdown, and um, we can only go out to you know buy groceries or maybe for a short walk, but otherwise we're staying indoors. And in fact, 
the lockdown has now been extended to June 1st. So we've got another whole month of full lockdown. And then, you know, hopefully after that, some of the restrictions will be lifted up. So that's the situation in Singapore right now. And um, in India, it's kind of similar. So they were until they were under lockdown until I think April 21st was when the first like the first phase of lockdown was until then and then they um, extended it to another three weeks and um, now there's you know slight lifting some of the restrictions Uh, for example farmers are allowed to go out and do some work on their farms and some um, industries are allowed to open so the entire country has been divided into zones red um, green and I think orange or yellow, <laughs> but I mean, depending on the number of cases there are. And so there's this one state in the South called Kerala that is uh, under the green zone. And a lot of the industries and factories have started reopening over there, but by and large in the rest of the country, all of the factories are currently closed. All right. So it sounds pretty serious in both those places. Um, what about sourcing from India at the moment? What are our options if we wanted to do that, like for product research and then actually, you know, placing some kind of order? Yeah. So in terms of sourcing from India, of course, all of the factories are closed. So you can't do any sampling or, you know, place orders right now. But suppliers are available to talk. So this is a really good time to have conversations with suppliers, try to understand what kinds of products they they make, you know, do a bit of product research, talk to multiple suppliers and see if they can, um, they have the capability of, you know, producing your your product. And um, yeah, I mean, it's a good time to just start the discussion because suppliers are not going to their factories. They're not that busy. In fact, they're mostly at home. But they are still working, you know, they, they're they're having regular conferences with their usual buyers. So this is a great time to to start the conversations with them. And then once things uh, reopen, then you can start with your sampling. And at least you'll be at the front of the line because once things open, then uh, there's going to be a backlog that these suppliers have to go through. And so if you're front of the line, you'll you'll be able to get your samples and all out quicker. And of course, you also have to keep in mind that uh, the timelines, you know, for Q4, you may not have a lot of time to develop a product from scratch because you got to do the sampling, which might take a couple of weeks and then production and then shipping into Amazon. So if you do want to source a product for Q4, what I would suggest is to maybe look at some of the products that, you know, these suppliers have on their catalogs. Maybe the molds are ready. And make minor adjustments, you know, maybe the colors or change a couple of features, but don't do product development for scra- from scratch, especially if you're looking at Q4. And also in terms of the packaging, you want to keep the packaging simple, maybe just do a regular box and, you know, put a sticker on it or just get it printed. Don't, don't go very fancy with your packaging as well if you're doing it for Q4. So just keep things simple if you want to source from India for Q4. Makes sense. Last week, you ran the virtual sourcing webinars as well as part of the uh, India sourcing trip. That was amazing. So we were actually able to look at the products from various manufacturers and suppliers in India online and see the, you know, get presentations from them about the sorts of things that they manufactured, the types of products that they offered. Talk to us about that because that's just a great initiative. Yeah, that was just so exciting. So it's called a virtual India sourcing show. 
V-I-S-S. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> <laughs> we like to abbreviate things, I-S-T-V-I-S-S. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, we, together with Margaret and uh, Kevin, um, you know, I, I hosted that show. I brought together about 11 manufacturers from India. And, uh, yeah, they did presentations. They presented their products. And the whole idea started when, you know, of course, India Sourcing Trip had to be canceled. But uh, people still needed to source products. And so we were thinking of, you know, how can we really help these sellers, especially people on India Sourcing Trip, you know, who were supposed to go there in April. Uh, we were doing all of the pre-trip webinars with them, but it just seemed like there was something missing. You know, they have all of this information, but they don't know where what, what to do with it. So because they, they weren't able to go to the fair to see mm. to see products. And so that's how the idea came about. And, you know, I thought, OK, why don't we get these suppliers to do live webinars, especially because they are available right now. Their factories are not open. They're not so busy. Mm. And um, yeah, then we started contacting some suppliers and they seemed very enthusiastic about it. Uh, we also contacted a representative from Global Sources in India because they have a lot of contacts and we asked him to refer a couple of factories. And then we just started having conversations with these people. So Marg and Kev actually uh, scheduled Zoom calls with them before we, we finalized them for the show. They tried to understand their story, their products. Um, and then, yeah, during the show, what we tried to emphasize was um, we wanted these people to actually tell their story, the backstory of the company, the origin story, like how did they start and what is it that really differentiates themselves them from other companies? Because what happens a lot of times is when you see suppliers and global sources or Alibaba, I mean, you look at the numbers, right? You look at the factory size and the number of employees, but you really don't. You can't really tell what exactly that company specializes in and what's special about them. So, mm. and that's something that you can do at a trade show. You know, when you're talking to these suppliers face to face at a trade show, you can find out more about their, um, you know, the, their mm -hmm. what's the word I'm looking for? Well, this, <laughs> their this, soul, their, back, their, their, <laughs> their soul, and their culture, yeah, the, the culture, culture that they set, exactly. yeah, within yes. within the business. That's right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so that's the experience that we wanted to replicate. Uh, during the online show. And of course, there are other, uh, you know, major shows like Canton Fair and Global Sources, they're going to do online shows as well. But I don't think they'll be able to replicate this kind of experience with all of the suppliers that they feature in their shows, because they're going to do it at such a large scale, that it's going to be impossible for them to do, you know, 20, 30 minute webinar, webinars or interviews with the owners of each of those companies. So I think that's really something special about this this show that's going to differentiate it from all of the other shows that are coming up pretty soon so this is small mm. intimate and more personalized you've pioneered it haven't you yeah i hope so <laughs> you are a pioneer um and let me just say too that it hasn't been cancelled it was just postponed wasn't it yes exactly yes. it's been postponed so everybody is <laughs> yeah we're still continuing with the online content and everything and everybody's just going to go in october hopefully. <laughs> yeah, that's our plan still. We're sticking to the plan. Yes. Um, no, that was, look, it was really good. And also um, what I loved about it too was that the suppliers were able to sort of, you know, mention things like their MOQs, for example, and the materials that they made. And they had lots of pictures of the factory and how they made things and the molds. And, you know, it was, it was, it was just awesome. So yeah, it's a really good, uh, really good initiative that one. Speaking of the India sourcing trip, so we're still on for October, yeah? Yes, we're definitely on for October. But of course, you know, we have to see what the situation 
is like closer to October. Um, I mean, the way things are going in many of the different countries around the world, I think we should be okay by October. There's still six months. So, you know, like, like, um, yeah. Australia, I think, is lifting restrictions already. You know, India is quite strict right now. So the next couple of months, I think things should should kind of ease. And I mean, my gut feel is we should be okay by October. But um, yeah, we just have to wait and see how things unfold. We do. Yeah. And they're also starting to trial, um, you know, vaccines and things like that as well. So hopefully uh, we'll have a I wouldn't call it a cure, but we'll certainly have a vaccine for coronavirus and I'll be the first to get a jab for that and and go out into the real world again. It'd be so lovely. I know. So let's switch gears then. Let's talk about uh, e-commerce. It seems to be picking up uh, very strongly for a lot of sellers, depending on the category that they're selling in. Singapore has got some initiatives or the Singapore government has some initiatives for e-commerce and sellers there as well. And then maybe we could also talk about Amazon Singapore, which isn't something that anybody's really been talking about in any detail. So where do we start? Let's start with e-commerce. What are you seeing there? What what sort of feedback are you seeing from some of the guys that you know who are in, into e-commerce? Yeah, what I'm hearing is that a lot of uh, people who are maybe selling essential products or home products, um, of, of course, things like groceries and all, I mean, they're uh, experiencing very, very high sales. But in general, I think e-commerce sales are high, except in certain categories like apparel is down. Um, mm. But then there are other categories like toys are, are pretty high or home organization, uh, kitchen products, I think is pretty high. And in Singapore specifically, um, e-commerce sales are, are very high for sure. And uh, yeah, as you mentioned, the government over here is trying to encourage more of the retailers and brands to uh, to go online. And they've got some incentives uh, where they're giving um, some, some cash incentives, in fact, to these people as they try to uh, bring their businesses online. And um, yeah, there are other marketplaces like Lazada, Q10. They're also doing really well. Amazon themselves are really pushing the Singapore marketplace. They've got uh, Amazon Prime where they offer two-hour deliveries uh, for certain items. And um, yeah, I think it's it's a really good time to be in e-commerce and the future really looks very, very bright and promising for um, all e-commerce sellers. And just today, I was also reading that Shopify is launching an Amazon-like marketplace called Shop. That should be very mm. interesting. I don't know. I know. Right? Because, I mean, Shopify. Yeah, I saw is, that. Yeah. They have all the infrastructure. They have all the sellers. They have all the products. And now all they need is to bring all of these, all of their existing infrastructure and sellers and products onto their marketplace. And, you know, that's that can be huge. That will be enormous, I think, to consolidate all, all sellers that want to be on the marketplace will be massive and uh, obviously they don't have (laughs) fulfillment infrastructure it's kind of like an I guess like an eBay marketplace where you kind of have to do it all yourself but uh, but look you know honestly most of the e-commerce sellers out there are running their own fulfillment anyway they don't have an FBA program so (laughs) so you know it's not a big deal for them and you know just I guess it's going to be interesting to see what Shopify do in terms of the fees you know how much do they charge you to, to sell on their marketplace through through there. So let's just wait and see. And I know that uh, Shopify also released this week or is about to release a 
email marketing platform too, which oh. is pretty big. So they'll be competing with Aweber and you know Mailchimp and all that uh, for their e-commerce sellers, and has all, all the templates and everything else. So I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, that's running out soon, and I think they're offering a free trial about 2,500 emails uh, at at a time. I think, or a month, or something. Right. Nice. Uh, for uh, for free until the end of September, I believe. So they're really getting on board with email marketing too for their uh, for their vendors. So yeah, Shopify is doing a lot of work at the moment, yeah. and I'm a big fan, big 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 fan of Shopify. Another thing that I'm seeing more interest in, I mean, especially as in terms of a you know from the perspective of consumer, is subscription boxes. So I'm seeing more Ooh. e-commerce sellers offering those, and and people just you know in general being more receptive to the concept of having a subscription box. In fact, I have recently subscribed to a subscription box that that sends you science experiments for kids every month. So they'll send you two or three experiments with all of the ingredients, whatever, you know, materials or uh, supplies that you need yeah. to run the experiment and instructions. And then they have an app. But I thought that was a really, you know, interesting idea because now every month your kid will kind of wait eagerly, you know, for the subscription box <laughs> to see what what new um, experiment that they're going to get that month. And I think that concept can be extended to a lot of different categories. Oh, can it? I mean, you know, it really blew up with the Dollar Shave Club to begin yeah. with. It's sort of the first one that really, really got on my radar. Yeah. And I can't remember how much he sold that company for, but it was a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and then now that's just a huge industry from everything from, you know, uh, razors through to wine and, you know, all these subscriptions. Yeah, it's incredible. So, um, yeah, just use your imagination. Look, if and, and I think that the science experiment one is really good as long as your kid doesn't blow themselves up or splash, <laughs> splash yeah. you know, drink poison or, you know, <laughs> that would be bad. So be very careful there for delivering things to kids. Make sure that they can't hurt themselves. Um, Amazon Singapore, though, is I'm assuming it's growing pretty rapidly. It sounds like they've got Prime now, like with two-hour delivery, or is that just a standard Prime offering over there? Yeah, they do have Prime now, which is two-hour delivery. So, yeah, they have two-hour delivery. Um, and they're actually marketing very aggressively, you know, locally over here because currently Lazada is the marketplace that has the most uh, most share over here, and it's very popular. That's owned by Alibaba. And mm -hmm. uh, so Am Amazon is really pushing um, their marketplace. And what they're also doing is um, – trying to recruit more sellers, not only from within Singapore, but also from Australia, New Zealand. So I think Amazon Singapore is probably the only Amazon marketplace around the world that does live webinars, you know, on their Facebook page. So they're actually Amazon representatives that do presentations and engage with people on their Facebook page. And they also have uh, account managers assigned to everybody. And the account managers regularly send out emails to to people and you know touch base with them they do um meetups and of course the last one was done online but every month they they invite maybe 10 15 sellers and uh, do meetups with them and i've spoken at a couple of these events that they've organized and then of course they have telegram groups where they again engage with the community and ask uh, you know answer questions that people might have so yeah i think amazon singapore is doing a really good job just recruiting sellers First of all, for Amazon Singapore, and then they also have this Amazon global selling team 
And their uh, responsibility is basically to recruit and help sellers who want to sell globally. So they could, can be from, you know, the from Singapore and they want to sell on the U.S. marketplace or maybe Australia, New Zealand selling uh, globally, especially on the U.S. marketplace. So it's working both ways. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like they're working very hard. I wonder if they've – it sounds like they didn't get any of this stuff approved by head office. They're just <laughs> running <laughs> webinars and, <laughs> and running meetups and <laughs> – <laughs> yeah, in fact, it's 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 really difficult for them. I mean, I because uh, I've been trying to get them on a webinar in our group, and uh, you know we we scheduled a webinar a couple of times, but then they have to get approval from legal, and then something comes up, and they haven't been able to do it. But I'm going to keep pushing and try to get them. <laughs> Good luck, Nicola, because I've tried <laughs> I've tried to get Brittany Renker and a few others from Amazon Australia yeah. to come on my show, and have had no chance. I mean, this is the amount of the the amount of red tape that you need to sort of battle your way through to get approval and permission. And then, you know, this, they wanted to know what questions I was going to ask and how long it would go for and what time it was going to be. And yeah. eventually I just said, this is just too hard. I've got plenty of other people I can speak to on the show. <laughs> you guys are just. Yeah, yeah, totally. Agree. I sent them everything. I sent them the questions and this and that and everything, mm. but it still didn't work out. But yeah, I'll keep trying. No. <laughs> Well, let me know how you, you know, if you're successful and yeah, you're, I love your show. It's awesome. And you get some extraordinary guests on there too. So um, yeah, it's a great show. So everybody, please tune into the Australian, uh, the Australian. Yeah, do that too. Do that, but yeah. <laughs> tune, into the, uh, tune into the Asian seller podcast. Uh, sorry, I'm dying here. All right. And then what else in terms of Singapore? So obviously FBA is fully operational. We can ship our products in there. I've got a couple of clients here in Australia that are selling in Singapore and actually selling not a huge amount of units, a similar amount to what they're selling here in Australia. So uh, it's it's ticking along okay. Yeah, I think it's ticking along okay and it's picking up um, because, of course, Singapore is a small market. I mean, there are just like 5 million people in Singapore. But um, the, um, you know, the, the online shopping is very popular and a lot of people over here actually shop from Amazon US. Um, and now they've, of course, uh, mm. started using Lazada and Q10 and Shopee and everything. But, uh, yeah, I think in the next couple of months, Amazon is going to, you know, take on a, a lot more market share than they currently have. And Singapore is a fantastic country to set up shop really for e-commerce because it's so small. <laughs> <laughs> the geography is fantastic. Whereas Australia, I think, has been a huge challenge for Amazon, and um, I'm wondering whether when Amazon may look to set up in, say, Hong Kong, perhaps we'll see. It's yeah, a I mean, similar kind of market, right? They were in China previously, but they had to pull out of China because they just didn't have any success there at all. And I think that's one reason why Singapore is so important to them because they don't have another marketplace in another, you know, Southeast Asian country except for India and that's South Asia, but. Thailand, Vietnam, I think those are fast growing countries in terms of e-commerce, but Amazon does not have marketplaces there. So I think Singapore for them is really important because depending on how they do with Singapore, I think that will determine their strategy for other countries in Southeast Asia. I agree. Yeah. And you're right about those Thailand and Vietnam definitely growing hugely in this space. So yeah, look, uh, watch this space here with Amazon. They're they're always up to something. 
The other thing I was going to say too was just the amount of content that's being produced at the moment. Just sort of park the e-commerce for a minute, but just I'm actually suffering from content overload between you and Danny <laughs> McMillan and there's just so much content. You know, Helium 10's pumping out heaps. There's just too, way too many people with too much time on their hands. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I just feel guilty when I can't watch everything or listen to every podcast or, you know, tune into every live webinar. It, it's it's just I'm, I'm overloaded. How are you are you finding that as well, or are you you're just too busy pumping it out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm finding that as well. Um, I mean, Helium Ten just announced they're going to do a 16 hour uh, live stream on, on 30th April, so that's going to be huge. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. There's a lot of content being pumped out, but people just need to be selective and watch or listen to whatever is relevant to them. So, you know, that's what I try to do. I, of course, have no time to watch, you know, all even Danny's uh, web uh, podcast, um, the live streams that he does. Mm. <laughs> they're, yes. they're really good, but I don't watch all of them. Only when I see a relevant guest or an interesting topic, you know, that's relevant to me. That's when I tune in. So I think that's what people should do. There's so much, um, there's so many options available and so much content out there, but just be selective. Don't get overloaded because that can also confuse you, right? I mean, if you hear, um, if 10 people talk about one subject, they're all going to say different things. Um, and of course, it's good to get different perspectives and, you know, see how different people are, are approaching, um, you know, various aspects. But at the same time, you want to not be overwhelmed and confused, especially if you're starting out. I think I find that people who are starting out on Amazon, they tend to consume more content and the more content they consume, the more confused they get. So I think if you're starting out, just stick to maybe, you know, one course or, you know, just get your basics right and start start your, uh, you know, Amazon business or just get one product on there to experience the whole process yourself. And once you've done that, then you can develop your own strategies and listen to what other people are saying and maybe, you know, get some of the hacks. <laughs> but yes, um, yes. yeah, I think, I think a, a course or, or get a consultant. I, I think, I think that what you do, Chris, that's very, very helpful for people who are starting out who don't really want to do, uh, you know, uh, who, want, who don't want to sit through a 60 hour course um, so they can work with a with a coach or a consultant like you and spend you know I don't know three four hours a month or a week and just get a, get an understanding of the entire process. Yeah, it helps to um, to have that guide. I think um, when you've got that one on one because it's you know it's actually very personalized at that point and it and it just shortcuts a lot of the the, the pain. When <laughs> 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 you try and, try exactly. and figure out what what's the next step, you know. Um, so yeah, thanks for that. What about um, things like product research at the moment in this current environment? It's really been quite a challenge. A lot of the tools aren't working very well. What are, what are some of the other sellers talking to you about in terms of how they're approaching product research today? Yes, that's a big question, actually. And another thing that people are talking about is, you know, what what are the products that might sell well once we are out of this whole, um, you know, once mm, pandemic pandemic. Mm. <laughs> Once this is over, what what kinds of products will 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 they be able to sell? And um, no one knows, right? It's it's we haven't been in a similar situation in the past. It's totally unprecedented. But of course, what we can do is just uh, make some uh, you know guesses, I guess. <laughs> so some guesstimates, guesstimates, yes. yeah, exactly. Uh -huh. So 
Yeah, I mean, in terms of product research, a lot of people are uh, I'm, that I'm talking to, they're not really looking at the data on tools because all of the data is, you know, inflated and it's all over the place. But people are looking at historical data. So that's something that they're seeing that, okay, what was selling well during, um, you know, maybe Christmas last time, last year? What 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 were the yes. kinds of products that were selling well, you know, and then try to um, develop products based on that for Q4. And then there's some categories that we are seeing have increased demand currently because of the lockdown and everything. And and some of that is just short term, but some some of the demand in such categories will continue even after lockdown and even after the virus. For example, um, work from home products. So I think, mm. of course, there's a huge trend for work from home right now. But after the pandemic is over, I think some people are going to realize that it's more efficient to work from home. And some people are, of course, going to start their own businesses because they they were made redundant at their jobs. And I think this trend will continue. And then the other thing is uh, maybe home-based, uh, you know, products that you use in the home, so kitchen products or, or home organization kind of products. I think those trends are still going to continue because... Uh, habits are being formed. You know, people are cooking more at home. And so I, I think that even after things reopen and the lockdown is over, people are going to continue with, you know, cooking more at home and um, eating together as a family at home and demand for those kinds of products will will continue. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think working can, from home can be very, very efficient when you're not homeschooling. Yes, That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. My, my my efficiency has dropped off dramatically. So <laughs> since since that, so I'm kind of looking forward to the day when they go back to school. But um, yeah, look, I totally agree with you. I think that there are definitely some categories that are going to maintain. I mean, they might fall away a little bit, but the home office product type niche is definitely something I think where a lot of employees are get have already started to demonstrate that they can be very productive working from home and that I'm hoping that well, I expect that they'll probably be able to negotiate with their employers or their boss to maintain you know just a couple of days a week or maybe full-time at home mm-hmm. I'm not sure but you know I do see a real argument for that yeah. so yeah I think it's um, a really good point there. The other thing is for Q4 and you know, the whole holiday season I think people are still going to buy gifts it's not like they're going to not buy gifts at all, even even if we may be in a recession in Q4, especially in the US, mm-hmm. people are still going to buy gifts, but maybe they, they'll have smaller budgets. So that's something that we have to keep in mind. I don't think people will be buying like, uh, you know, luxury items as gifts, but um, maybe yeah, the overall spending might reduce, but people will still buy gifts. So that's something to keep in mind when you're thinking about products for Q4. Is there a product that's... Uh, you know, high quality, but not very expensive. So at a good price, but but still high quality and more and, and you know, durable kind of product that you can offer as a gift. Yeah, absolutely. So yes, getting solid, you know, high quality gift products for Christmas, I think is an excellent, excellent plan. Uh, and I don't see, well, look, in America at the moment, obviously unemployment is very, very high, but there is still the vast majority of people in the United States are actually still working. So they still have jobs. So there is still money sloshing around through the economy. So yeah, we may have a recession, but I'm hope, hopeful that um, you know that there's still some some decent sales to be had uh, Q4 on Amazon in particular. So yeah, so there's a lot to look forward to, and uh, and certainly not time to kind of 
shut up shop and say it's all too hard. I think you know, it's important to keep on trucking here and and uh, yeah, source those great products and gifts for Chrissy. Yeah. The other thing that I think people can consider is in India specifically, um, there were these suppliers that we were talking to and they had ready stock available because uh, some of the retailers, brick and mortar retailers had actually canceled their orders right when when this whole lockdown started, you know, in the US. And so they either canceled or they put their orders on hold. So some suppliers in India have either ready stock available that's completely finished or maybe it's in, you know, it's semi-finished. They're still um, in the process of producing those those products. So if you do talk to an Indian supplier, just ask them if they have any stock available. And uh, these products, of course, would be very good quality because they were for big retailers like Walmart and you know, some of the bigger brands. So, yeah, definitely consider that if you're thinking about sourcing for Q4. Yeah, so be asking the question, what have you got on hand? Yeah. Megla, I think that's about all the questions that I have for today, all the topics that I wanted to cover. Do you have got anything else that you want to raise? Anything else coming up in the in the near future that you can maybe uh, highlight? Yeah, I just want to say to people that this is a very, very exciting time to be in e-commerce. And if you're just starting out, this is a great time right now to um, learn all there is about e-commerce and you know how the entire process works and just get ready for when things reopen and when you're able to you know start place placing orders in India and, and other countries but um, yeah I, I, I'm really really looking forward to the next few months and uh, really hoping that e-commerce is going to experience um, a, a tipping point and uh, is really going to boom. So very excited about the future. <laughs> Me too. E-commerce has been flagged as one of the main industries that is the biggest beneficiary of this crisis. So yeah, it's a great time to get on board. It's a great time to defend yourself against losing your job as a single income stream. And it gives you that that little buffer potentially as a little side gig to, uh, you know, so if, if you do lose your, your job for some reason, um, you've got a little bit of a backup there and potentially it can take over one day and actually become your full-time gig. Yeah. So, yeah, um, exciting times indeed. We just got to hang on. Exactly, yes. <laughs> just use, use the time to sharpen your tools, you know, and, and exactly. be ready to strike <laughs> when the time is right. Yes, exactly, yes. Um Megla, thanks again so much for coming on the show. Um, how do we get in touch with you directly? Well, the easiest way is, is to contact me on Facebook. So just uh, search for me, Megla Bhardwaj, and send me a message on Messenger. Fantastic. Megla, thanks so much again for coming on the show today. Thank you so much, Chris, for having me. Links and show notes for this episode can be found over at theaustralianseller.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast platform. Sign up to my email over at theaustralianseller.com and I'll send you a note each time I publish a new podcast episode. Thanks so much again for listening.